I have prepared a way before you. I am moving, says the Lord. I am trustworthy, says God. As Peter trusted in my son, stepped out in faith upon the water, I ask you today to trust me for the thing you do not see. For I have planned ahead for you, says the Lord, and victory waits around the bend. You do not see it as of yet, but I am coming in full force of my power. I will be glorified. My church will rise. I will enable my people to do mighty things. You must believe, trust, and step out in faith, says God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, if you'd stand with me for one more time, we're going to read the word of God together. Psalm 91, starting with verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely, He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. I'm going to go ahead and read starting with verse 9. The same chapter. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. God says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me. And I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Can you say amen? Amen. Lord, we give you our hearts and lives and our attention. Speak to us through your Holy Spirit and the word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. I've got a mix, and, and, and I don't mind telling you this, although sometimes it, it's funny for people, but I have 30 pages here, and that's the, I worked overtime, you know, <laughs> 30 pages, but what we're doing is this is a, um, we're going to be in a series. We're going to cover this over the next couple of weeks. We're going to be talking about running the race. We're going to be talking about this race that we're in, the race where we are guaranteed a prize. You know, guaranteed that we're going to win. And I love um, the word that God has given to us today. I, I tell you what, I know when it's from God because I am just as light as I can be. I haven't felt this free and I don't know how long. Joy is coming to the house. It's coming to you, to me. And so 
We know this, and some of you have been through some things. Man, we've lost family members, and we've gone through so much this last year. But, you know, it's, it's starting out good. Greater things are yet to come. And I'm believing that, going to stand on that, going to declare that, and we are going to see the mighty hand of God in this church. We, I love the way he loves us. He always guides us and directs us, keeps us, and he shows us his glory, shows us his power. But I'm telling you, I believe we haven't seen anything yet. We're, that was only four people said amen. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. All right. I'm going to go down to that church down there. They're down there shouting. I'm just kidding. What is God doing? Promises have been made to the body of believers. Do we see it? Do we feel it? Do we sense it? Do we realize and know that he's coming? Do we understand the, the importance of where we are in history right now? There were many, many beautiful places in the, the Bible historically that there were amazing miracles and things that took place. But we are seriously in probably one of the most important places in all of history. We are soon to realize the return of Jesus Christ. Coming for his bride. That is an amazing, amazing event that I believe with all of my heart we are going to witness with our own eyes. I believe it and I'm so thankful for it. But the question is not, is God doing something? The question is, what is God doing here? That's what we need to understand. You need to understand, what is God doing with your life? We know the declarations, the promises of God say that he has a plan for all of us. He has a plan for you. You may have felt like you weren't in much of a plan. You may have felt like you even messed up the plan. I love the fact that there is no plan B with God. There is plan A. When the children of Israel didn't go straight to the promised land, man, they had to wander around that wilderness for a little while. But eventually, that the promise of the Israelites to the Canaan land, the promised land, it came to be. God will always come through with his word and his promise. So it's not, is God doing something? It's what is God doing here? What is happening here? And are we going to get in on it? I plan to get in on it. How about you? I want to, God to know today, I'm all in. I, I'm sending my stuff ahead. You know, I love some of the things you hear. I heard about a missionary who, who was called to an African tribe. And, and in this middle of this rainforest area, he, he, he was told every missionary has been beheaded. Everyone has been killed. Everyone who comes to this village, every one of them have been snuffed out. And so you're going there? Are you sure? You better think twice about this. And the word came back that, that when his stuff arrived at the village before he did, it all came in a casket. All of his clothes, all of his belongings, he sent a casket ahead. He said, I'm all in. If I go and it's the end, then here's what you bury me and send me home in. Because I am not giving in or giving up. I want to tell you, that's where I'm at right now. Man, come hell or high water, I am going temptations and come attack, come demons that try to fight. No matter what it is in front of me, I've made a declaration that I'm going to see this thing all the way through. Like Paul, I'm going to, on my deathbed, I'm going to make a declaration to you today about me. And I hope this is the same declaration you've got over your life. He said, I have fought a good fight and I finished my race and now I have kept the faith. Meaning he had never given up, never given in. He was all in from the beginning. How many of you are all in this morning? All in. Amen. The Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 22, it says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. 
For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he, looks into the per- but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in whatever he does. This is the word of God, the truth of the Lord. So as we look at this series about finishing the race, you know, I'm also going to throw in, you know, it's kind of a continuation of where we were last week because I still think we need that drove down inside of our spirits. That scripture we read in James chapter 5 where it said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, woman avails much. We've got to understand that it's time for ineffective prayers to go. It's time for us to understand what is it that causes us to be effective and powerful in the hands of the Lord, a tool that he can use. Elijah was our example. Elijah, of all people, I mean Elijah. I mean, this is the guy I've prayed for years. I mean, I used to pray an Enoch prayer or an Elijah prayer. I'd say, Lord, I want to be so close to you that you just translate me out of here. I mean, Elijah is that man. Enoch was that man. Imagine being that one. But here's what's awesome about that. You know, and I look at his life and I think, will I ever be able to attain that? Well, I I hope so and I'm going to keep striving and maybe Elijah's ministry was done and maybe mine wasn't or isn't now. So he ain't going to translate me in chariot of fire right here in front of you. But I'm ready if he wants to. I want him to. That's my prayer. To be as close to him. I don't necessarily have to have the experience he had. But what I want in my life and what I want is these words we read from Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I want that to be the prayer and the cry of my heart, your heart. I want it as pastor. I want it to be the cry of your hearts. I want it to be the cry of this church if we sit on this hill. I want people in this city and this community to know that when they are looking and hungry and thirsty after God, Sister Ruth, they know where to go. I don't want it to be about us. I don't want us to have the most famous or, or the best or this or that. I'm not interested in our name getting out there. I am interested in the name of Jesus Christ being completely broadcast all over this community. That if you're looking for him, there's a place you can find him. Elijah prayed a prayer and was effective. He prayed that it wouldn't rain and it stopped raining. He prayed that it would rain and it did. Answers. Answers. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. The same God that answered for Elijah is here with us today. The same God. The same God that translated him in a chariot of fire. That same God is working amidst this service this morning. We have that assurance. And we talked about the relationship that Elijah had with God, and that's what's so important. Listen to me, fathers, husbands, wives, mothers, grandmothers, men, women, listen. You need a relationship with Jesus. You need a relation. You need to know. You don't need to, you know, say, well, you know, we just walk by faith. Yeah, you walk your life by faith. You walk in this Christian walk by faith, but you're not... You come to him in faith, and then you know him. Then you have relationship with him. You can know him. He can speak to your spirit and speak to you, and you can speak back. There is a relationship to be had with God, and you need one. 
You don't need to trust mine. You don't need to trust someone else's, your mother's, your daddy's. You don't need to trust other folks. You need a relationship with Christ on your own. You need to be able to recognize him. He said, my sheep know my voice and another they will not follow. He wants you to know him. You can be known and you can know God Almighty. It's relationship. And it goes back to our first declaration, embrace God. The reason that's number one is on purpose. It's there at the top of the list because that's what we feel as a church we need to have as our number one goal and priority because we really can't get to the other declarations in our life, do them well, unless we have come to the place where we have truly embraced God. Embracing him in relationship. I chose and love the word embrace because I believe the secret place equals embrace God. The secret place. The place where you're not parading yourself in front of everybody else. And it's not a public thing. You know, it was the, the Pharisee that stood out on the street corner and prayed about all he did and how holy he was. How good he was and how righteous he was in the eyes of all the people. He wanted everyone to see how holy he was. You know, it's not about that. I, I've said it many times and you know how I, be, how I believe this. And I think 99% of you agree. We don't, I don't believe in celebrities in the kingdom of God. I believe that there are people who are used of God. Ordinary people just like you and me that get anointed and have opportunities to be used of the Lord. I'm only here behind this desk because I ran until I couldn't run anymore. And he finally said, this is what I have for you and you better say yes. We're normal, ordinary people, all of us. And everyone in the Bible was. It said Elijah was a human being with a nature just like us, with feelings, affections, and a constitution like he was built just like us. And yet God used him. Embracing God, though, understanding God, being in relationship with the Lord. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The secret place where you get alone with God and you literally experience the manifest presence of the Lord. You can have this in your life. I've known it and seen it many times in my life in others and I've felt and known his experience, that experience in my own life. He wants to use you to reveal his glory. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven. That glory, that honor to God comes through a life well lived, you and I. I mean, I've heard people say, well, you know, I, I love God, I just don't like people. Well, you need to go again to the altar. You need to go again and get up and, and then ask yourself, do I love people now? No, I don't. Okay, get back in. Stay in the altar until you come out saying, I love God's people. I love all people. I love any people. You know, we've got to understand that that's the way he works. The power all belongs to God. It was in Psalm 62 and verse 11. It says, God has spoken once, twice. I have heard this, that power belongs to God. D.L. Moody is one of my most favorite uh, preachers in, in the world. He's gone to heaven a long time ago. He was a gruff man. I've read autobiographies. I've read uh, sermons. I've, I've seen him and, and different pictures. And he, he was just a cool guy. I wish I could have known him. I can't wait to meet him. One of the things that I love that he, he was quoted as saying, and I, you've heard other people were said to have quoted it, but I can take you back to 19 or 18, whenever it was. Whenever he passed away, I think it was 1937, but we'll see. I might be wrong. He... Uh, 
was quoted, this I do know, he was quoted as saying, one day you shall hear that D.L. Moody has died. And I love this. I've said it over and over again at funeral services because it's so powerful. One day you shall hear that D.L. Moody has died. He looked very gruffly at the congregation. He said, but when you do, don't you believe it for a second. He said, for in that moment, I shall be more alive than I have ever been in all of my life. Wow, wow, how cool is that? He said this, he said, it remains to be seen what God will do with a man or a woman who gives themselves up wholly to God. It remains to be seen what will happen to a man or woman who will give themselves wholly, completely, all in, sit in the casket. What, what will happen? In other words, and another thing that he said that really struck me at first when I first heard it, I, I saw it and I thought, wow, that one kind of, oh, I don't know about that one. And I had to think about it for a minute and then it just kind of dawned on me and then it became powerful to me. And I've even posted it on social media yesterday. I made my own little quote picture. It's because I read this in, a, in an article. It said, D.L. Moody said these words. He said, prayer can do anything that God can do. And at first when I read that, I was just like, that's kind of like that thing where they say, my dad can do anything, your dad can't do it. My dad's better than your dad. I thought, no, I don't know if I like that very much. And then it just started to settle into my heart, and I began to understand what he was really saying. Prayer can do anything that God can do. In other words, prayer is the direct input into the power of Almighty God. You pray it in the will and in the name of Jesus Christ, and you'll have it. You'll see it. Prayer is the link to the power that sees things done. And anything you can pray, God can do. And so prayer, prayer can do anything that God can do. I love it. So go on Facebook and like it. Okay. The very power of God is in the secret place. This, the miracles that we're looking for, they're in the secret place. The miracle that you need in your life, it's in the secret place. The questions, the answers, the wisdom that you need, the direction that you need, it's in the secret place. It's not going to be running from one evangelist to another. It's not going to be in running to people, people, people. I'm so tired of people running to other people. We have been given a straight access. He says, now we can come boldly before the throne of grace. We run to people. We run to others to give us affirmation, confirmation, to give us the word. Now, God will use people. He will anoint people in the gifts of the Spirit. But you're not to idolize them, worship after them, or run after them. You are to get on your face and get on your knees and get a hold of God in the secret place. That's where you get the great wisdom of the ages. That's where the words of God will ring through in your life. We've seen it over and over again in my life. I have seen godly, wonderful people. I've met people there. Bill Mann used to sit back there on the back pew, and man, he was one of the godliest men I ever knew in my life. His prayer life was exemplary. So many people that I've known in my life who are prayer warriors. I don't want to embarrass him, but I want to tell you, this boy sitting right here, this boy is a man with a family, but Pastor Richard, ever since I've ever known him, 
the one thing I would, I would stereotype and tell you about him, he's a man of prayer. I have heard him wailing and praying in a dark room somewhere in the church. If you can't find him, you usually just go look in some attic somewhere in this church where it's real dark, and you'll hear him wailing and crying out to God. Many times he's been in like a bad mood or something, and he would say, oh, I, I just need to go pray. And he'd go pray and come back. All the joy of the Lord was all there. But I've seen, he's a man of prayer. I've seen others in my lifetime who have seen mighty things, have been used in mighty ways. God has anointed them to do great exploits. And those people always, without doubt, they're people that know where the secret place is. They know where to embrace God. They have that down inside of their spirit. They know it. Abraham was a man of great prayer. And the Bible says, an angel came and conversed with him. Jacob, you know, wrestled with God. And as he wrestled with the angel, he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. Have you ever been in a prayer meeting or been in a place where you decided, you know, I, I've actually been there very recently as I've made declarations all across my living room floor. I, I've had, I've went to war in my very living room just a, a week ago where I walked and paced, Elaine, and I know you've done this. I've walked and paced all over my living room floor and I I was yelling at the devil, telling him that it was over, it was done, he can't touch my family, he can't touch my loved ones, and I was declaring the promises of God over him. I've known people that have had that. Jacob was in that place when he wrestled with the angel, and he said, I will not let you go until I have, have gotten the answer, until I've been blessed. And you know, he didn't. It was at Peniel there that he didn't let go, and it was there that he received what a turnaround in his life his brother's heart was softened and the, everything started to move in the right direction for him Samuel was given in answer to Hannah you know her prayer in the house of God and you know I've seen that over the years and Elijah of course we prayed he prayed and fire came down on Mount Carmel. It was all of these things that were so important. Elisha prayed, a man of prayer. He had that double portion on his life from his mentor, Elijah, and he went to the widow's, the widow's son who was dead, and he spoke life over that dead son. Immediately, my mind went to the lost prodigals, the sons and the daughters, and I said, Lord, they're dead in trespasses and sins, but we're speaking life over them. We have the power through prayer and through the embracing of God. We have that power to speak over those things in our lives because they are ordinary, normal human people that have this relationship with God that we need as we move into this year. We want expect great things, see great things, miracles, signs and wonders. We're declaring them. It comes as we are hungry and thirsty after God. We'll see it. You'll see it in your own personal life. Church, we need to pray. Samson, oh, I love the story of Samson because he, was, he represented human, normal, ordinary. And it was there in the, in the millstone at, in the dungeon where he was moving around. His eyes had been taken out and he couldn't see. He had been stripped of his strength and humiliated and shamed and given into temptations with Delilah. And there he was completely 
powerless and hopeless it would seem to anyone looking on. But it was in that hour, you, for this is hope and this is a confidence for those who feel like they've blown it, they've messed up, they think that, you know, you have to be so perfect with God. Listen, God's full of mercy and grace and love. He will chase you down. I'm so thankful he left the 99 and came looking for me. How about you? I'm thankful that he found me and he found Samson there in that dungeon when he was brought up to be made fun of by the gods of Dagon. There they all are, and they're all in this house making cheer and laughing and joking at the God of Samson when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he felt the shame. He felt the need to repent. He had turned it all back over to God. He had run the rampant, and he had failed and brought great shame to his name. But God is full of mercy and love. And in that moment, as they placed him there, he asked the little the boy, the servant boy, to place him in between the two towers, the two pillars that were there holding up the building. And he stood there in one prayer, just one little prayer. Samson prayed. He said, one more time, God, move on me. One more time, move by your Holy Spirit upon me. And the Bible says in that moment, he was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. How many of you know he wants to restore? He wants to re-empower you. He wants to touch your life. And if a backslidden man like Samson can pray a prayer through to power, then you and I can be delivered and we can be used in power this morning. Prayed that prayer one more time, Lord, move on. And when he prayed that prayer, the Bible says that there were more of the enemies of God destroyed in that moment than he had done in all of his life. That one prayer moved heaven. If you and I will get in the secret place, I'm telling you, there's a place of power. There's a place of, of secrecy with God where you're not worried about who sees you. You've stripped yourself of needing recognition and needing reward. You've taken pride and all that arrogancy. It's removed from your life and you are broken before God. Someone asked me not too long ago, they said, how in the world did you go from being a youth pastor to pastoring one of the biggest churches in Ohio for the church of God? I looked at him and I don't even have to think about it. I don't go, well, you know, my smooth skill and my, my suits are really nice and I've got this, you know, brain that's just on fire. You know, I, that's so, so intelligent. No. I look at people and I say, all I know is I ran like fire away from him. But he kept humbling me and breaking me down. And I kept saying, I can't, I can't, I can't. And he said, I know, that's why I'm calling you. And the more and more that I humbled and broke myself down, he kept surprising me with all these opportunities. I've walked through one door after another, having had God literally have to pull me through it. Because I know that I know he works best with those that are the most unlikely. He works best with those who seem to, in their own selves, are not able to do it. I can tell you, I don't have the smoozing power. I don't have the, the smarts and I am not the most skilled. I'm not the best preacher on earth. You know that. But I am this. I'll tell you this. I've learned how to put my face in the carpet of the altar. I've learned how to get a hold of him. I've learned how to call on his name in the midnight hours and I have found that the power of God is there for the down and out, for the poor in spirit and for those who can't do it on their own. He qualifies the ones who are unqualified. He gives you the power and the strength to be able to stand. You can be a failure like Simon Peter, but he'll call you to walk on water in front of the whole world if you'll trust in him and embrace God. If you'll hold to him in the secret place. 
man, I feel the Lord here. Job prayed and his captivity was turned. Light came into the dark place and things were restored. Daniel prayed to God and Gabriel himself showed up to tell him that you are a man greatly beloved of God. Cornelius prayed and God sent Peter to his house and his whole house got saved. All so many different times in scripture, Paul and Silas, I mentioned it earlier and that's why I said in first service and I will say it again so that you'll know what I'm saying. I'm not preaching at you twice, but I told Gary in the first service, I said, man, be praying about every song that you sing. Don't ever just pull something out of the repertoire. Don't ever just get to the point where you're just going down, well, I haven't used this one. Well, I, I might as well use that one. Well, I didn't use that one. Oh, we can't do that one. We used that last week. I don't want him to ever go through the catalog and look at stuff. I want him on his face praying, God, what's the message? What are you asking for? What do you need as a word and season for this? It was, a, it was a song, a powerful song. Paul and Silas down in the dungeon, and they're there wrapped up in chains and everything. They had taken them down as low as they could get. But it, the Bible says it was a song, prayer and praise at midnight, a song. I don't know what it was. It might have been shout to the Lord. All the earth, let us sing. It might have been my song. This is how I fight my battles. It might have been, I don't know what it was. It, It might have been anything. It could have been any song. But what it was, was a powerful word in season put to a tune. When you and I understand and we've been in the secret place, he'll have to carry it down to one or two songs because the power of God will fall in the place. I'm ready for a move of the Holy Ghost. I'm ready for the power to fall in this house. I'm ready to see God do miracle signs and wonders. I'm ready for us to see mighty things of God. They prayed at midnight and the place was shaken. The jailer was converted and his whole house. When we're singing right, when we're preaching right, when I'm not just going through and saying, well, I didn't preach from Luke any yet this year. Well, I, did, I need to preach from Romans. Oh, that's a good one. Let's preach from Romans. When I pray, when I seek it, when the leaders, the directors, the youth pastor, the young adult pastors, when the senior pastor, when we're all on our face seeking God, then we know that we know the word that's coming is a word from the throne. When we know that we know we've sought him in the secret place, the songs we sing will bring a cloud of glory to fill the temple, and it'll be amazing. We won't be able to minister. How about that? We won't be able to minister because of the glory cloud that fills the house. Oh, is anybody else hungry and thirsty for God like I am? I want to see this and the joy of the Lord is our strength the joy of the Lord is our power the power of the Lord it's time that we celebrate the goodness of God amen how many millions of people were have been saved because a jailer cried out and said what must I do to be saved what must I do to be saved beautiful y'all wear me out I wouldn't even have time to go into the prayers of Jesus, the greatest example. If Jesus felt it necessary, Tim, to pray all night, if Jesus felt it was necessary to take the boys across the pond and get alone, If Jesus came to live a spotless and sinless life, son of God, son of man, if he came to live a human life on this earth and found it necessary, 
over and over and over again to go to the side to pray, then what on earth are we doing? We need to be on our face embracing God. We need to pray more than we do anything else. We need to have that as a ritual for our daily bread. It needs to be what's in us and coming out of us. It's the prayers that changed all of these situations. It was prayers that touched the lives. Can you imagine the prayer when Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus and he said, Lazarus? Come forth. That wasn't just him yelling at a dead man. That was a prayer straight to the glory line to bring life into him. And you and I can follow the example of our Lord. He said, I pray, John 17, that they will be one as we are. You know what that means? We can see the supernatural. Oh, I want to see it. I'm not going to rest until we have it. I'm, I'm going to pray. I want us to pray. I want to see the power of God move on Tuesday night. I want Cameron to call me crying. I want him to tell me how the young people are laid out all over the place. Pastor, could you get over here? We need help praying for people. Oh, I want to see it. I want to see it with all my heart. I want to see it. And on mixed night with the young adults, they say they couldn't even hardly get through the service for the ministry that was happening. I want Brian to send me a video. Pastor, look what's happening on Thursday night at Esperanza. My goodness, the power of God has fallen. Are you able to get over here as quickly as you can? I live for the day that our emergencies are not to atrium, but they're to the house of God. I live for the hour that we'll see a supernatural move of the Holy Ghost. I want that more than I want anything. And I'm thankful for where we are. I'm thankful for what he's done. We wouldn't be here if we hadn't come to this place. Thank God for where we've been. Thank God for the miracles that we've seen. Thank God for all the power of God that we've witnessed and beheld. But I'm telling you what, there's more that's waiting to come. The greater things are yet to be experienced. And you and I have got to trust in the Lord who wants us to walk on water. He wants us to walk on water. Now maybe, maybe you, you want to go to a nominal church today. Maybe you're like, hey, I'm, I'm out of here. Pastor preaching that crazy stuff. No way, man. Next week I'm going where they just kind of give you the prayers and tell you what to do and help you and give you a word of encouragement, a little inspiration from John Maxwell, and then everything's good. I'm going to go there where I can keep my religion on the shelf, pull it off on Sunday. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Lord. Blessed are they. He said after being on a mountain praying all night long. He said, blessed are the pure in heart. He said, but blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. For they shall be filled. Why do I feel like saying that again? For they shall. Power. Stand with me this morning. I got to page nine. Only got 21 to go. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. 
power of the Holy Spirit work in our lives. I can't wait. Jennifer, you've been through a lot. But you are a constant torch of inspiration to us. We haven't forgotten. We haven't forgotten 24 units of blood that had to be put in your body. Every time you stand up when so many are sitting down, and that's no indictment against anybody else. It's just an inspiration. When I see you pull yourself up on that pew and you stand, telling you God is yet to show you why he saved your life. And don't you doubt for a minute. I'm speaking from the Holy Spirit right now. You have yet to see what he will do through a word of testimony of how he saved your life. You will yet to see the lives that will be transformed and changed by what you have experienced. And as you are faithful to him, he will be faithful to you. You can take that, put that in your promise box, and you can declare it every day. He will be faithful to you. Hallelujah. You are called to be victorious. I'm called to be victorious. This 103-year-old, well, we're in 2019, this 104-year-old church I always say it, you look so good for 104. You must have had work done. You're getting tired of it, aren't you? <laughs> I'll stop. God's not finished with us. Do you know the average of how many churches should never make it 104 years? The average church in America doesn't last 10 years. 1,500 pastors resign a month. 10,000 churches close their doors every month. Here we are at 104 years old. I kind of believe that God's not finished with us yet. Amen. So we will lean upon him. We will trust in the Lord with all of our heart. We will see greater things greater things in this city, this community, in this world, and we'll do it with joy. Sadness is gone because I went to church. Sadness for you, depression, discouragement, strongholds of the enemy that's come against you, your family, even the attack of distraction has to go. Lay it down. Don't walk out with it today. Lay it down. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Are you here today? First of all, there's two questions. The first one, how many would say, Pastor, I am absolutely 100% all in. I will embrace God. Let me see your hand. Praise God. You know what happens when the people get unified? hear the sound of a wind. 
second question would be this. Are you here today and you need Jesus? You need him in your heart, your life. You need to either dedicate your life to him for the first time or you need to rededicate yourself, maybe like Samson had to. I've got to rededicate my life to you, Lord. I wouldn't leave this service today without giving you an opportunity to pray. Are you here? If you are, just slip up your hand and write back down. We're going to pray for you, making an altar. God bless you, sir. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? These hands that went up. Is there anyone else? Praise God for these. Now, listen. We know. Look at me. We know that the prayers are just prayers. And, and I say this, and, and I want you to understand what it means. It's so important that we do this. Jesus died on the cross. God gave his son. He's not going to come back and do it again. It's already been done. Your sins have been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Our Savior, our God, loved us enough that he took care of all that you will ever need to be saved. So today is about giving your life to what he's done. Surrendering your life, your heart to him. You don't invite him into your heart to make life better. You invite him into your heart to change your life. To make him Lord of our life. So we're going to pray a prayer. The prayer is just words. Unless it comes from your heart. If it comes from your heart, then it transforms everything about you. Mind, body, and soul. So we're ready to pray that prayer. Right? Maybe you didn't lift your hand. You can still pray with us because all of us are going to pray together. Church, let's pray. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. You took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Now be the Lord of my life. I accept you as my Savior. You are the Son of God. Help me to be strong, to live for you every day until you come for me. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Now, if you made, if you made that prayer, that declaration in your life, this is a new day. That means don't do the same thing you've always done. That's called insanity. Change. Get your word out. Join us in prayer. Come to the prayer meetings. Read your Bible every day. Stop by the small groups table. Someone there will help you. If you need a Bible, if you need just some information on your new walk with the Lord, how to be strong, we've got help for you. We want to help you. Pastor Melissa's right here lifting up her hand. She will help you. All you got to do is see her or one of the folks standing at the small groups table. So God bless you. Uh, come back for prayer tonight at 6. In the meantime, have a blessed day, and we'll see you next time.